What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast about future-focused parenting. This episode of Raising Adults is brought to you by Sleep Phones. Guys, if you have not tried Sleep Phones yet, you need to. I am totally in love with this product, and I'm not just saying that because they are sponsoring this episode. Genuinely, I love them. They are this soft headband. It literally just feels like I'm wearing the kind of headband that I might wear if I'm exercising or I'm going to like wash my face. It's soft and comfortable, but inside they've built in earphones. And so you just wear this comfortable thing. You can wear it when you're falling asleep at night. I am totally wearing it when I go jogging. They work off of Bluetooth so they can hook up to your phone, your devices. They're amazing. They have literally changed my life. For someone like me who has a tiny little head and tiny little ears, they have just made listening to music so much easier. So guys, I'm serious. Go to sleepphones.com. That's S-L-E-E-P-P-H-O-N-E-S.com. Two piece sleepphones.com and type in the coupon code raising adults 10 all in caps, they will give you 10% off your order. Seriously, guys, I cannot recommend them enough. Well, hi everyone, welcome to Raising Adults. In today's episode, we are going to talk about family time and how do you set up good space for time as a family, whatever your family setup looks like. And that's probably going to be different for you and I, um, which is kind of cool. But before we launch into that, just a reminder that the attribute of the month this month is kindness. And if you haven't signed up for the attribute of the month and you're interested in getting our deep dive newsletter into that attribute, you can go to futurefocusedparenting.com whack shop it's totally free and it's right there at the top of the page and if you didn't get last week's memo whack also is slash yeah old school slash (laughs) new school whack we are still struggling with this (laughs) it's a transition it is um so dina do you want to start with your why sure well this was a big deal to me on multiple levels one even when i started out and had an intact first marriage family, more of what we might consider a traditional model, it was, of course, important to me that my kids saw two things. One, the importance placed on the relationship between my spouse and I. So they got to see that as that was a small microcosm family unit and that, oh, we see mom and dad spending time together. Wanted that them to just see that modeled, but also that all four of us would hang out sometimes just to have fun because families do a lot of day-to-day things together. They do tasks or they drive places or they go get groceries or they eat or whatever. But it's important that, at least in my mind, it was important that my kids saw the family unit as also a place of fun and that really these are some of your first friends. And so that was a big deal to me. As the situation changed and we became a two-household family, then it was important to me in those single mom years because I wanted to keep that bond strong, even with all the changes Sienna and Mark were facing, for them to know the three of us, we're still a team, we're a unit, we hang out together, we have lots of fun. And then now we have this big blended family, there's seven of us all together. Then it was a new thing of, okay, how do we help this blend kind of solidify? And one of the ways we do that is make sure we hang out and have fun together and that it's not all just the transitions of who's coming from visitation or whatever, that we're just hanging out and laughing. And so that was a big deal to me. And as last thing, I promise, I know I'm usually not the rabbit trailer, but I'm doing it. (laughs) So 
I'm learning from you. So <laughs> as my kids became teenagers, then it also became important to me that my kids actually wanted to be with their family and that they weren't always, I just want to go out with my friends. I just want to be gone, 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 gone. Now, I know some of that is normal, a little bit of this peeling off, searching for that independence, identifying with your peers more than your family of origin. But I wanted them to actually like being with us and at times to prefer it. Even maybe when given the choice to do something else, they might pick family. And so I wanted to from the beginning, set up a foundation that was like, family is fun. Family is where I want to be. These are people I want to be with, and we do things that I enjoy. I love that. I have a couple whys. I'm going to rabbit trail now, I'm sure. Um, So I think one of the main things that was important to me when I became a parent was that I enjoy my children's childhood. I'm kind of selfish as a parent. I want them to have a great childhood. I want them to be well set up, et cetera, et cetera. But I also am aware that this is a chapter. It's a big chapter, but it's a chapter in my life. I only have them for 19 years because we waited so we get an extra year with our kids. And it's actually, I'm not going to lie, it's one of the reasons we waited. I was like, I can have a whole extra year with my kids. I'm going to take that. And they get a whole extra year of childhood. Yep, I'm going to take that. Um so I can be... And are you referring to meaning waiting to start school? Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. they were right on the cusp. And so we decided to wait. Um, and so, you know, it was it was like I, I wanted to be able when they left the house to look back and say, I really made the most of the time I had with them. We only get this many Christmases. We only get this many summers. Um, and, so, and the other thing that I noticed, and I don't know if this is just a mom thing or a twin thing, but when my kids could finally play together and they didn't need me anymore, I really checked out sometimes because I could. It was like, if they're happy and playing together, I'm going to go sit on the couch and drink my coffee and take a moment because you just never knew how long that was going to last. And so I wanted to make sure that Every time I was doing that, that it was getting buffered with time where we really were engaging and and being a family and all of that. Um, The second thing that was important to me around family time was that I am an only child and I don't and and my parent, if my dad hears this, he's probably going to yell at me, but (laughs) I don't have a strong recollection of us doing things as a family. I have memories of doing things with my dad. I have memories of doing things with my mom. I have memories of us like watching TV together. But I I don't remember us all sitting down and playing a board game. I don't remember us all going to the park. I think they tag teamed a lot, which is fine. I mean, Dave and I tag team too. Um, But I'm realizing as I'm older, and especially now watching my two, that I was a lot lonelier as a child than I thought I was. I didn't realize it at the time but when I look back now and I see my two kids I'm like no I was kind of lonely I was left alone to play a lot um and actually I would say we had more family time when my parents got divorced because then they were actively seeking to keep a family unit intact for me and we had to go for dinner to all Mm -hmm. be together we weren't under the same roof right you had to be pretty intentional about it exactly and so then that really did develop for me and when I came home from college you know they both picked me up at the airport and I I wanted to spend time with them so I'll never know if that was just a result of the younger years that not getting maybe that in the younger years when it was suddenly offered in the older years it became even more important I don't know but I was just aware that my family was very important to me and and once that dynamic did begin to happen I loved it and then the final piece was that at a certain point about two years ago a year ago uh, Reese actually asked for it he was really vocal and basically articulated I feel like we don't do enough special family stuff together 
And Dave and I were sort of surprised because we do a lot, but we realized that it was really sporadic and not predictable for him. Mm-hmm. And so this launches me into my how, forgive me, but I'm going to launch into my how. So one of the things that we have done is we have a standing family night. It's once a week, usually on Thursday. We have a bowl with everyone's name in it, and we take turns drawing names. And whoever's name we draw, they get to pick what we do for family night. We usually stay up a little bit later. They can pick anything within reason. Um, and it's something that they look forward to. They're excited. They know, they see it on the calendar that family time is coming. Oh, it's you know it's usually Thursday. Sometimes it's Sundays. Um, and they get excited about who's going to win. Uh, and mm-hmm. it has transformed our family. It's been an amazing thing to watch, especially for Reese. I mean, he so clearly got his bucket filled when we started doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been delightful. And it's not it's, it's not crazy stuff. We watch a movie or someone picks going out for yogurt or, you know, we go for a drive or whatever. It's It's not big stuff. But it's that predictability, that intentional setting aside the time, making it a priority. And then we've only done this once because it was exhausting. (laughs) Um, But I have committed to the kids that we will do it once a year. Um, We... uh, One day, we did a draw every two hours. So we had a family day. We had no idea what was going to happen. Every two hours, we drew someone's name, and they got to decide what we did for the next two hours. And it was exhausting, but awesome and epic and amazing. Um, And so that's kind of been a fun fun way that we've made room for that family time. That's great. I'm tired just thinking about it, though. (laughs) It was pretty, you know, because seven-year-olds are like, let's go to this place that's two hours away. And, you know, then you have to make your way back. And by the time we drive there, it's not your turn anymore. (laughs) Exactly. Like having to explain that to them. And, of course, there's meals to be eaten in the middle of all that, too. Mm -hmm. So we we had McDonald's that day because Reese won the draw. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Mm. (laughs) Tasty treat. And so healthy as well. Yes, exactly. Okay, well, as per usual, I have a two-parter how, what, whatever, because I'd like to share what I did when my people were smaller, and we've just implemented something recently. So, of course, we did the usual, oh, we try to have dinner as a family. Let me tell you, with teenagers going in all these different directions, family dinner, it's almost non-existent, and not even by choice. It just logistically pretty much impossible. Plus, I have the added layer. I don't even have my kids every evening. So it anyway, that's a sidebar. But family dinner wasn't going to cut it for us. That wasn't A, going to be enough because our dynamic didn't allow for it. And B, now I'm in a season where it's literally not possible. So when my kids were younger, and I think most cultures would be familiar with this, even though for us it had a faith element, but most people have heard of a Sabbath. I think even like in the yeah. Jewish culture, there's Shabbat, right? Yeah, we so, do Shabbat. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's just this idea that there's a day each week kind of set aside from the normal routine. So you're together, maybe you share a meal, it's time to rest, time to just enjoy each other. So when I was a single mom and my and my children were a little bit younger, we did our own version of a Sabbath, which was we would often have a theme dinner and then we would play games and it was so fun. So we would pick a theme and the food even would go around. Like one night we did a baby theme. So we had baby peas and baby back ribs and every kind of baby food there was with baby in the name. And we came to the table in our pajamas and had binkies. I mean, it was just ridiculous, but super fun. We could talk baby talk. 
we did Western ones. We did candlelight dinner sometime to make it really fancy and feel special. And then we would play games and have a movie or whatever. So they came to really look forward to Sabbath because it was a treat and just a break from the norm. And that was before they were in 47 activities or could drive or what have you. So that was really special. I have pictures from some of our Sabbaths and they were super fun. And we didn't even as far as I can remember, didn't do them on Sunday. So it wasn't because it was the Sabbath. It was that was our day to be together. And because we had alternating weekends, I'd often do it on my kid weekend. So when Sienna and Mark were with me, we'd make sure one of those days we did a Sabbath and got to play together and we'd take turns picking games. And I grew up loving to play board games with my parents. My dad and I would have days long Monopoly tournaments going, leave it spread out on the dining room table. And I just wanted them to have those same kind of memories of just playing together. And especially in this day and age where we have this advent of all the technology, it was really important to me that sometimes they knew how to unplug from that and just do something that didn't involve any screens. It was just strategy or thinking and playing and laughing. We have one game we really like that's essentially a bunch of would you rather questions, but with a board to it. So you also know this game. It's called You've Got to Be Kidding. <gasps> I need this game. It's hilarious. And there's all these activities you can do where you make up your own would you rather questions or you have to go find things around the house. And it was a very active game, which was great. I have two kids who love to be active, one even more than most. But so for us, those kinds of things were really fun. Now, fast forward, we still have lots of games in the closet. But something we've just started, and I just did my first one with Mark the other day, and it was just very sweet, is I realized it's it's getting pretty difficult to find time and to carve it out. And not just because of the activities or just because I don't have them all the time, but even when they do have free time, they're also high schoolers. There's a lot of homework. So there's a lot of time where they literally need to be studying and we can't just hang out. And I do better. I know not everybody does, so I want to say that in advance, but I do better with arbitrary dates so that it's just set and there's not a way it can get missed. If we try to say, hey, we'll just do that like maybe about bi-weekly, guess what? It's going to fall off. I think I might be a little bit like Reese. I need the predictability. So what I've started is birthday dates. So on the date of their birthday each month, that's their date with me. So since Mark has a birthday in the teens, we're going to go on a date on his birthday date each month and then Sienna on hers. And I think it's going to be a great way to just make sure it happens. And also I recognize they might not be with me on that actual date, but then we know the very next time they're with me, we're going to have some one-on-one -on -one time. However, that needs to look, even if it's a quick trip to Starbucks and we get a drink and chat together or we go see a movie or go get some food just so that there's no way more than a month will go by before I get one-on-one -on -one time with them. Because I think that's also part of family time is I want to date my children, essentially. I want to get to know who they are as people. And I can't always do that in a group setting. So family time is huge, but I'm really loving this birthday date idea. I'll be sure to give an update on how it's going because we've just started. I think that's awesome. I heard from a friend of mine, this is not my idea, and I don't think this was her idea either, but um, she knows a family where, same thing, on the day of the birthday, so if the kid's born on the 24th, on the 24th of every month, that child gets to stay up late with the parents and, like, play a game or watch TV oh, or cute. whatever, and the other kids have to go to sleep, but that's their special private time. Love it. Which, of course, 
when you have twins. Yeah, that's not going to quite work for you. Nope. But that's okay. I love I love that idea. That is just so neat. And it's predictable. And it's, yeah, it's something to look forward to. We do, um, so I told the kids when they started kindergarten that once a year I would pull them out of school. They wouldn't know when it was going to be. And it would be individual. And they would get a day with me all to themselves to do whatever they want while the other one has to go to school. <laughs> and so we did it last year and it was fantastic. I mean, they still talk about it and they're like, when's it going to be? And I said, oh, you can't ask me. It's just going to happen. Um, and that's been something that they're really excited about. And then the other thing that we're very, very intentional about is, so our kids are born in August, so they're never at school on their birthday, which is pretty cool. So Dave and I always take the day off work on their birthday and we always spend the day together every single year and that's been really special that's the cool thing about summer birthdays i have a summer birthday and i loved that i never had to go to school on my birthday did not so much love that it meant sometimes it was pretty hard to get people at your birthday party if they were on family vacations or things like that so it has its downfalls but that part is amazing and the fact that you guys are intentional about spending that day with them that's really sweet so i have to admit though i know that Kid dates, while important and they're a component of family time, that's not whole family time. So, and I know, again, I want to be really honest that just like with anything that we talk about, not all of it's going to resonate or not all of it's going to be practical. But we have, as you know, at this, at the time of this recording, five older young adult and teen children. And so, Getting all of us together at the same time is pretty challenging unless it's a holiday, and often those are already kind of booked with the activities you're doing or family that you're visiting or whatever. So one thing that we decided even when we came into this remarriage is that vacations were going to be a big deal to us. So one of the ways we make sure we get family time is every year, Scott and I go away, just us. And we go away as a family. And that has been not only helpful for our blend, but just some of the best family time ever. And even as a single mom, when I was scraping to make ends meet, we traveled. Because there's something about making memories together that bonds you in a way nothing else will. Oh, my gosh. I I could not agree more. I have to tell you. So I'm trying to remember when it was, but it was not long after my mom died. Or maybe it was... I don't think I've shared this with our listeners, so sorry. I'm going to go on a tangent here, but it's all going to make sense. So um, my mom died of ovarian cancer, and she had a gene mutation called Lynch syndrome, uh, which is a broken gene. I won't get into it, but it's hereditary. And so uh, they tested me for it as well. It's found predominantly in Ashkenazi Jews, which we are. And um, so they tested me, and there was a four-week window where we were waiting for these results. And I had a 50-50 shot of having this mutation. And what I will say about Lynch is it's a death sentence. Like, you don't survive it. Um, and so um, we had this four-week wait. And then they had told us that if I was positive, then the kids had a 50-50 chance of having it and that we would not be allowed to test them until they were 18 because they have to give informed consent, which is fair. I get that. But as a mother, you're like, Brutal. Yeah. So we were having some very interesting discussions during that time. And I'm pretty sure actually this is when we had this discussion. And so one of the things we talked about was I said to Dave, you know, there is significant evidence that I may not live a long, full life. And if that's the case, what are we going to do about that? Like, what do we want the years that I'm here to look like? And 
And again, it's not like, and by the way, my test was negative, which means that the kids were negative. So it was all just a, a, a blessing. Nonetheless, in this four-week wait, we were talking about what it would mean because my mom died at 68. And um, so one of the things that I said was, I just, I want to travel with the kids. I don't care if we have nice furniture. I don't care if I have nice clothes. Like, I'm not going to care about any of that on my deathbed. I want to make those memories. That's what I want. And it completely shifted our paradigm around travel completely. It was like, suddenly it became exactly what you said. We travel every year without question, no matter what, because that is more important than anything else to us, you know. Yeah, I think I think making that a priority, even though I know it can be cost prohibitive for some families or they just feel like there's just no way, it can even be a staycation. You don't have to go far. But there's something about getting away, literally away from your regular day to day and spending time together and having shared experiences that is a family time that's pretty unparalleled. And I will go so far as to say, at least in our experience, even when things go wrong, you remember those things and they bond you. And so our first large trip away as a whole family was to the Caribbean and a tropical storm came and it poured. I mean, sideways, wind-driven, turn your umbrella inside out rain for days. <laughs> Sorry, it's not and funny. I, I, so I'm awful. getting to where I can laugh at it. At the time, no. My tears mingled with the rain. <laughs> it was really sad. And it was even sad for the kids. Oh, but yeah. I can tell you now, what do they remember? Playing games in the hotel room while it poured or getting in the hot tub even though it was raining. And so even though we didn't get to go snorkeling and they had to bring all the boats into the harbor and we couldn't do some of the water sports we wanted to do, we had actual family time due to an event outside of our control, to be fair. But it ended up great. We ended up missing our connecting flight home and ended up getting to spend an extra day in Miami, which we weren't even planning. I had a great time. And so there again, even a kind of something that went sideways mm -hmm. on the trip is a memory for us. And so it brought our family closer. Yeah, well, I think it's not it's not about what you're doing. It's about not doing what you're normally doing, right? There's no neighbors knocking on the door. Do you want to play? There's no phones ringing with work stuff or, oh, I'll just fold this load of laundry. There's there's none of that. It's You're there to be together. And I will say that, you know, in some of the years where money was really tight, we didn't do expensive travel. I mean, we would just go and go, you know, to a cabin on an island nearby for a couple of days. Um, we're not campers. I'm not going to lie. But camping, for those who camp, I mean, that's an awesome, inexpensive way to get away. So, you know, even if you just go camping for a couple of days, but you're carving out that time together, it doesn't have to be some big expensive trip. If you can do that, amazing and how wonderful. But it, it really isn't. It isn't about that. It's about that being away from your usually scheduled programming. <laughs> yeah, I love the way that you said that it, because it's true. It's really about that it's so different. And so then you kind of remember it in a different way because it didn't happen amongst the day to day. It's something kind of set apart. And so I think those things stand out differently to kids and they remember that. They really do. And there are some places in the world that to kids are just kind of magical. And when they go away with their parents and have great memories like that, they don't forget. So I would also say if you have younger ones and you're worried, oh, but they're not going to remember it, you might be surprised. My kids went, we took, I took them to China when they were six and eight. And I thought, 
yeah, I'm so glad we get to go, but they're not going to remember it. They do. Mm. They do remember it because it was so epic and because it was so huge and because they were so far away from everything that was normal to them, quote, normal. I'm doing air quotes right now. You can't see it. But it was so different. And they they remember. Mm-hmm. So and it can be way simpler than that, too. We also went to like zoos and went to just visit friends. So we didn't even have to pay for a place to stay. So often we would pick where we knew people were living. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be this elaborate thing. But I know we've talked about that for several minutes. But I mean, I really can't say enough about it. If you can find little ways to get away, even if it's not fancy pants, I would do it. Mm-hmm. Or a staycation. We've done this, too, where we you know, the kids were off school or whatever, and we shut ourselves away and just hung out in the house. We did it actually over this Christmas. It was amazing. We just played board games all day. We stayed in our pajamas all day. I mean, the the concept of vacation doesn't have to mean anything other than separate from your normal day-to-day where you're all together. together. That's that's the bottom line. And being intentional about it and, and making room for it, whatever it looks like. You don't have to have a ton of money. You don't even have to have a ton of time. But not letting the time go by without setting the intention of when is our family time. And this is something I learned from you that I love about – can you tell everyone your amazing strategy for vacationing? I mean, it is so brilliant. Do you mind? I'm outing you here. But like, it's brilliant and completely transformed how Dave and I think about vacationing. So here you go, everyone. Okay. So this is a little bit of another rabbit trail. But hey, are you talking about the saving thing? Okay. So we really like to come home and not still be paying for our vacation. So we decide where we're going to go and we price it out and then we save up for it. Wait, wait. You skipped the part. Oh, I'm sorry. You book it on your calendar. Oh, yes, we do. That's, that yes, we is do. the key. And we usually, with most things, we will purposely find a place where you do have to pay something because we're different about it when we have skin in the game. And I think most people are. So we'll pick things where we have to pay a deposit. And now we have to make it happen and by a certain time. It doesn't mean we book it always a few weeks out. Sometimes it's a year away. But it's on the calendar, and there's some skin in the game for us financially, and then we save, sometimes literally in an envelope. I mean, old school. And then when we go, we can literally pay for it at the time. And when we come home, we just had a vacation. We don't come home also with bills. We just come home with tans. It's genius. But here's the thing with regards to what we're talking about today. I mean, that is genius. Um But the piece with regards to today that I think is most important is you put it on the calendar. You have not booked the trip, but you've booked the time. And I think that's the thing is now Dave and I sit down at the start of every year and we go, when are we going on vacation this year? And we book the time. When are we taking the kids away for a weekend? And we book the time so that they know and we know that family time is coming. Well, and here's the other thing, especially in our world, why that that makes that extra important is we all get so busy. It's very easy to say, oh, we'll get to that. And you don't ever get to it. So if you decide it's going to happen and it's actually on your calendar, you're much more likely to make sure it occurs. Exactly. And that's why for us having the weekly family night of when's family night this week, that just solved the problem. But it came from this idea. It just never occurred to me. I mean, call me nuts. But like it never occurred to me that you could book the time without having booked the trip. It's like, that makes so much sense. Then Dave has the time off work already. I've scheduled no clients that week. And then we're working toward the goal. It's essentially future-focused vacationing. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. 
I love that that just occurred to you and you have completely amused yourself. It's and awesome. amused that we called it the same. At the same time. <laughs> anyway, all that is to say that family time is really important and figuring out it's going to look different for every single family, but being just as future focused, just as intentional with carving out and setting aside that time not relying on finding the time to make it happen. You're not going to find the time. It's a crazy, crazy no. life parenthood. You have to make the time. You have to make the time. And so setting it aside and carving it out and saying this is when it's going to happen, you have a much higher likelihood of having that consistent, regular time mm-hmm. together that's going to build those memories and build those relationships. And you know what? When you're relaxed and on vacation, it's easier to talk business. So we usually plan our next vacation while we're on vacation mm. because we're already chill and happy my husband is on a beach with a cigar, I can get him to talk about almost anything. I mean, even financial goals, things he'll never talk about at home. Would you like a cigar? How about a beach walk? Would you like to sit under a palm tree? I have some questions. It works every time. I love it. I love it. So we hope you found it helpful today to talk a little bit about family time. We'd love to hear what other people are doing. Yes, what are you doing? really, really welcome thoughts on this one because I'm always looking for new ways to bring special family time into into my family. Um, So if you have any great ideas you want to share with us, send them our way. Send them our way. Info at futurefocusedparenting.com. Or you could, like, post on our social media pages. I think people can do that. I don't know. But let us know. If you have a photo, we'll post it on there for you and tag you on it um and if you have any questions always email us we always want to hear from you if you haven't followed us on instagram or facebook our handles are at raising adults podcast and i think that's all we have to say today oh and if you haven't rated or reviewed the show do that please do we'd be so grateful raising adults is produced by kira dorian and dina thayer and recorded in my laundry room music by seattle band hannah lee thanks for listening